RadioMD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. New research at the 2017 Pediatric Academic Society's meeting shows that reading books with a small child beginning in early infancy can boost vocabulary and reading skills four years later before the start of elementary school. And in addition, if you can encourage a love of reading in your older children, in your tweens and teens into high school, this is definitely something that we know will take them through life and they will be able to read for their whole lives. And it's it opens up a whole new world of imagination and vocabulary and intelligence. And I, I mean, I can't even really stress enough the importance of reading. And you all know that I'm sort of the reading police in my house and really encourage my kids to read in the summer and all year round. And my guest today, of course, fan favorite, Dr. Corinne Cross. She is a pediatrician and spokesman with the American Academy of Pediatrics. So Dr. Cross, reading with children in infancy, let's talk about that because people think, oh, you know what? I don't need to bother. They're a baby. It doesn't mean anything. They're not going to know what I'm reading. But that's not completely true, is it? No, it's not. The new studies are showing um, that really you start to make that bond um, with your child over books very early. Now, obviously, when you first come home from the hospital, you're super overwhelmed. So we're not saying you have to start reading day one. But, you know, after your child's able to sort of sit with you, make eye contact, you ha- you can have some shared sort of experiences where you can point to something and they look. At that point, you can start reading with them. So maybe around like six months of age, right? You could sit there with a small board book and you can say, oh, you know, it's about the the animals or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's the, there's the cow. What does the cow say? And, you know, you read the book to them. And I guess what I'm trying to show is that you're not just reading with them, that particularly in the beginning, reading is a conversation starter. So you don't just sit there and read through the book and you're spacing out while you're doing it. You're actually using it as a conversation tr- starter with your infant. Now, obviously, your infant isn't necessarily talking back, but they can interact with you. Can you find the bird on the page or whatever? You're using that as a way to communicate with your child. And this verbal communication, particularly in the day of digital everything, is really important. This is how kids get verbal skills. This is how they get literary skills. And so this is what we want to make sure that they're learning when they're young. But I would say that that idea of books as conversation starters, if you keep that concept in mind, that will take you through their teenage years, their adolescence, Books should be something that brings us together. Absolutely, and it does. And when you find a book that you really just love and you want your children to feel that and to read it and to have that picture in their mind. And I am one of those, Dr. Cross, who doesn't want my kids to see the movie before they read the book. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like them to read because I don't want them to have the vision of Scarlet and Rhett from the movie. I want them to create that vision in their own head of what they think that they're going to look like. I mean, if it's a really famous movie like Harry Potter, it's hard not to know what the characters look like based on the movies. But mm-hmm. the books are so different than the movies, so different that you want them to get that full experience. Absolutely. And I also think, though, that it's really important to realize that 
books don't just have to end when you're done reading them. So what I like to do, I mean, I have children that are of all different ages. So my youngest is a four-year-old boy. So we still read him picture books, obviously. And um, what I've been trying to do is get books that have different types of protagonists. So I was realizing when my girls started reading their own chapter books, all of the characters were little white girls doing whatever in their school or in their community, but they were always little white girls. And I was thinking, well, my children are little white girls, but I want them to read about other types of kids. I want them, I want to broaden what they know about. So I really tried very hard to find books that had different types of protagonists that were talking about different parts of the country, different parts of the world, just all different things. And I made an effort to try to make sure that we were doing that. And in doing that, I also found picture books that were just about different things. And my kids, even the older ones, the one who's almost turning nine, still love to read these picture books with my son because we sort of make it more than just the book. So, for example, there was a book, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, and it's about, it's a current day story of um, a boy in uh, Malawi. He was a teenager. He um, lost his ability to go to school because there was a famine in his town. His parents didn't have the money to send him to school. Went to the library, learned how to make a windmill, and changed the course of history for his community, right? He was the I boy know that wind, story. What a wonderful amazing, story. Right? Yes. So after we read it to my son, that's about as far as my four-year-old could take it. My other two daughters and I, we looked him up online. We saw his picture. He did a TED Talk. We listened to his parts, well, not the whole thing, but bits and pieces of his TED Talk. Like, we really just kept going with the story. And so we do that with a lot of things. Like, there's a picture book about Trombone Shorty, who's Troy Andrews, right? He's he was a famous musician, so we read the story to my son, but then we would listen to his music, or there's all sorts of ways that you can make these things come to life. The Rickshaw Girl is a story about a little girl who um, is um, wants to pull her rickshaw and decorate rickshaws, and girls aren't allowed to do that, and it actually made it into a play. So there's all sorts of ways that you can take these stories and, you know, do one thing for a younger kid and one thing for a preteen child, and you can really make these things conversation starters. Absolutely. And when you're talking about diversity in books, for a young girl and her 10, 11-year-olds, I know why the caged bird sings, Maya Angelou. And so you're giving her this vision that Maya wanted women particularly to hear about freedom, about about being a woman and liberty. There are so many of them. And and as you say, for little white girls, but I mean, Judy Bloom, really, you know, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, is a great book to kind of introduce a girl to her first period and to developing crushes on boys and all of these kinds of books. So let's go through some books. So you've mentioned a sure. couple. So speak about, you know, your littler guys and then move up into the teens with some of your favorites. So besides those two books, my, my son loves Salt and His Shoes, which is about Michael Jordan. Um, so he loves those sorts of those sorts of picture books. Um, my daughter, she's really, my oldest daughter, is sort of has that activist kind of mentality. So she wanted to read a book about Malala, so we read that. Um, she also really likes those old classics like Anna Green Gables, Little Women, Little House in the Big Woods, and then she also loves all of the Judy Bloom books. So those are really good for her age. As you get a little bit older, they generally read um, in high school, Lord of the Flies, A Separate Piece, Catcher in the Rye, but those are always great books. 
I mean, other books that are great conversation starters for the older kids might be 1984 or Brave New World because we're sort of, you, know, you can always talk about how society has changed, whether it's how we thought it would or not. Um, there's uh, Bring Down the House. So for boys who like to think about cars and that sort of stuff, that's an amazing book about, um, I think the kids were in MIT um, who, uh, who figured out how to card count. Um, I love this one book, Cavalier and Clay. Um, it's by Michael, I think you say his name, Chabon. And it's about um, these two kids who start to draw comic books. I mean, I guess they're in their 20s. And it's about World War II, and they, um, one of them falls in love. But it's like it's got everything. And, uh, and two male um, characters as the, uh, the main characters. So that's great. I mean, there's just so many wonderful books. I mean, I love The Bell Jar by Dorothy Parker when you talk about going through transitions, um, you know, sort of in those, you know, 20-year-old, late teen years where you have all these decisions to make. Those are just amazing books. So, and, and I've got my own list as well, because, and you mentioned Little House in the Big Woods. I love the whole Little House series, and Cece read them all. So in starting five, six, seven years old, when they can read something, and if you read them to them. So, of course, if the book is a little too difficult for the child to read themselves, of course, reading The Secret Garden or The Wolves of Willoughby Chase. Those are about kids in that age group, and they're exciting, and you're not sure what's going to happen. And yes, they're a little Victorian classics, but they also add the interesting kid factor to them. And then, of course, as they get 9, 10, 11, I'm just a Harry Potter freak. I, I just think every person, person, whether you're an adult or a kid, should read the entire Harry Potter series from start to finish because they are so good. And then there's audiobooks, which people can listen to. And then in the teens, it does become a little bit more difficult. So my daughter is right now, for this season, reading Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. And that's, again, Mm -hmm. a classic. It's a little dark, but it's a little romantic, and it's exciting. And, And then my son is reading a Stephen King book because I had to get him something. Now, he's killing me because I gave him the stand. And I said, if you can't get through the first 50 pages... Then let me know and we'll switch it out for maybe a, a John Grisham or a James Patterson book, something that's exciting and, and, and action-packed. But The Stand is 1,200 pages. He looked at me like I was a nut job. Are you really kidding me with this? Are you going to make me read this book? <laughs> but I said, Clayton, just try it and get into it. See what you think because it's a really, really good Stephen King. And I want to recommend one more. Stephen King wrote a book called 1963. And it's not one of his horror stories about a man who goes through back in time through a door in his store and, and has to stop Lee Harvey Oswald from killing John F. Kennedy. And every time he goes through the door, if he has to come back to get something, it erases everything that he did. And he has to go back and follow all his steps and get back to where he was to get back to what he did. And it's a very interesting book for a teenager to read, especially if they're studying U.S. history. And I think you've hit on something that's like really important. I think that the way that you get kids interested in books is when they're very young, I think, particularly now it's summer, um, if you have the time, take your kid to go get a library card because that just makes it so much more accessible and they get excited about books when they're little and they have their own library card. As they get older, when they're in their like 7 through 12, they really like to sort of somewhat like emulate adults. 
And so maybe getting them together with a couple of their little friends and having a book group where they pick a book and they read it together and they talk about it and you host them over for dinner, that makes them feel all grown up. And so sometimes that's all they need to want to read. So my daughter asked a couple of friends this summer if they could all read Mary Poppins. And uh, then they're going to come over and watch the movie together and have dinner at the end of the summer together. So that was a fun way for her to keep in contact with her friends and for them to all feel like they were doing something together over the summer. And then I think that just like what you did with Clayton, you're giving him books that meant something to you so that you guys can talk about it. And maybe your kid picks a book that means something to them. You sometimes need to sit down and read that. I've read lots of books like I had never read The Chronicles of Narnia before. But my nine-year-old wanted to read that. So we read it together. I mean, she read it, I read it, that we could talk about it. And I think that that's the other thing is you have to be willing to put in the work, too, as a parent. And sometimes I just go down these rabbit holes on Amazon. I love Amazon in the sense that I can look up a book I like and look at the reviews or look what other customers thought and get ideas as to what might be other good books that my kids might like if they liked this one or if I liked this one for them. That's right, because they do put them into genres. And I also feel, Mm -hmm. and my son read this one, just a little while ago, The Kite Runner. When you talk about diversity, I mean, it's a hard book to read. There's some violence. It's a little bit dark, but yet it's an amazing story. And this person mm-hmm. that wrote it is such a wonderful writer that these kinds of books, sometimes pushing the envelope or getting out on the edges and making your kids think while they read. Watching movies is so different, Dr. Cross, because somebody is telling them what to think based on the picture and the the photography and the filming, whereas a book, it's all them. So I like them to, to get out on the edge a little bit and maybe read something that isn't. But then, of course, I also like the Wuthering Heights and Gone with the Winds and things, because those are, there's a reason that they became so popular. Really, there's a reason. So wrap this all up for us. Let's, you know, you can give us some more in your list if you want. And I think I've pretty much hit some of my favorite lists. And, you know, just wrap it up in the importance of reading from infancy all the way up through teenage years. I would say that making reading a something that's important in your home is, is super important to start early. And I think that's why they're seeing these results when they see them, that if you start reading in infancy, that it has these long-lasting effects. Parents who are willing to sit down and make it a priority to spend time with their six-month-old child and read and do it consistently, they're making books part of their lives. And that's the same thing when they're a toddler, finding that time to carve it out, to read books. And if you think that you try to do it at least every day, then you'll probably do it five days a week. But if you say, I'm only going to do it on the weekends, it won't happen. So you have to really make it something that you consistently sit down and do with your kids. And if you do that with them when they're an infant, when they're a toddler, that you sit with them when they're reading and they're learning to read as they get older, they will carve out some time every night to read, and they'll love reading. And you just foster that by taking them to the library, letting them pick out books, letting them look online for books that they like, and then Letting them read with you. If they like a book, you have to be willing to sit down and read it too, just like you want them to read the books that that you like. And talking to them about it, more than just what did you think, do you like it, but also what did you learn about? Is this taking place in a different country? Should we look that up? Should we talk about that? There's so many ways to make books jumping off points for just learning about everything else and really talking about all sorts of things and talking about our feelings. And I think that if we use books, then... We have things to talk about, and people often say, we have nothing to talk about at the dinner table, so we all go on our phones. 
But if you're reading and you're all reading interesting books, you have things to talk about. So I think it really is something that just gives back to a family. And, um, and I think that it's definitely worth the time. I love that you said it gives back to a family because it really, really does. And to foster that love of reading, as you said, it will take their whole lives. They'll be able to do this particular thing, and it will open up that whole world. So parents, get your kids reading. Read to them when they're little. Read to them as long as you need to read to them. And once they can read on their own, get them some books that are age-appropriate. Find them books that they will absolutely love or something, as Dr. Cross said, that meant something to you. If you read the Little House series as a kid and you just loved them, give them to your girls because, you know, boys too, but that's kind of a girl book. And and give it to them because then they get to feel what you felt when you read it as a kid. And that's so special and so precious. And then you can talk about it and hopefully that will again go forward because then when they have children, they're going to say, I know the book's like 100 years old, but here are these little house books and they're about Mary Ingalls Wilder and they're so great and it will go on for generations. And that's how we keep that kind of special companionship with your kids. It's really precious, parents. I can't stress enough the importance of reading to your children when they're little and getting them that love of reading. It's just so important. It will help their vocabulary, their intelligence, their imagination, all of it. And they'll be able to discuss books with adults that they've read. So get your kids reading. That's what it's really all about. You're listening to Healthy Children and our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You can listen to these shows on radiomd.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, you, you can subscribe, rate and review them. That way we all get in on this together. Thanks so much for listening. This is Melanie Cole. Stay well.